Hey guys, welcome to Deadly Descent, where we deep dive into terrifying and treacherous case files of missing 411, conspiracies, and murders that are unsolved to this very day. I'm your host, Red, and without further ado, let's get into it. Stephen Kabaki. In February of 1977, a 24-year-old man named Stephen Kabaki was cross-country skiing through the snow near Lake Michigan. Once he reached the edge of the lake, he took off his skis to sit down and rest. When he got back up to leave, his own tracks were gone. He became lost. The last thing he remembers was walking through the snow feeling numb and exhausted. He blacked out. In the blink of an eye, it was spring. He was lying in a grassy field in the middle of a forest, wearing clothes that weren't his in a backpack sitting next to him, containing running shoes and glasses that also did not belong to him. He hiked to the nearest town and asked a local resident where he was. They told him he was in Pittsfield, Massachusetts, 700 miles away from where he had been skiing. His aunt and father lived in Pittsfield, so he knocked on his aunt's door. His family was in shock, hugging him and asking where he had been. Kabaki had been missing for 14 months. When Kabaki had first gone missing, the search team found his poles and skis near the edge of the lake. There was only one set of footprints leading towards the water, but none walking away. They could only assume he drowned himself in the freezing lake. He had been missing for so long, everybody had assumed that he was already dead. The official explanation is that he had amnesia and that he was wandering in a fugitive state. But even doctors are baffled by this case. It is incredibly rare for someone to lose their memory for such a large chunk of time. And it leaves so many unanswered questions. His story was included in a psychology case study in a book about amnesia, but even experts have been unable to figure out what actually happened. Dior Kunz. In July of 2015, Dior Kunz and his girlfriend Jessica Mitchell were on a camping trip with their two-year-old son, Dior Jr. They brought along Jessica's grandfather and a childhood friend named Isaac Remond. The campsite was extremely remote on the edge of Rocky Mountain National Park. There was only one dirt road leading to the area where they parked. The morning after their arrival, Jessica, Dior, and Dior Jr. all went to a nearby town to run some errands. When they came back to the campsite, Greenwand was holding a very large fish. He had said he'd caught it in the nearby river. Jessica and Dior asked where he'd caught the fish, so they began to follow him with their son. The little boy suddenly decided he wanted to go get 
candy from the grandfather. They allowed him to walk by himself back to the campsite, which was only a few yards away. The grandfather confirmed that little Dior returned safely to him and that he was watching over him, but in the blink of an eye, the toddler was gone. During the interview, the parents explained they had searched for the boy for about 20 minutes before taking the 911 call. There was no cell service at the campsite they were at, so they had to drive down the road until they could complete the call. A search party helped them comb the area for several days with no signs of his scent or his tracks. Helicopter with heat tracking cameras flew over the area as well. A two-year-old shouldn't have even been able to get that far. Everyone was baffled. Where was Dior Jr. Kunz? Years later, in the case is still unsolved. Many of the general public believe that Dior's parents are suspects, and there was public outcry to have them tried for murder. However, there was no evidence that they actually killed their son. James McGrogan In 2014, a medical doctor named James McGrogan went on a split snowboard trip with his friends in Vail, Colorado. Not many people have heard of split snowboarding. This is a sport that's a lot like cross-country skiing or hiking in snowshoes. He came prepared with his cell phone and a satellite GPS. He was much faster than his friends, so he said that he would wait for them at the next stop. They lost sight of him and and never saw him at any of the stops along the trail. When the search team went looking for him, they found no tracks in the snow that veered off the trail, so they had no idea where he could possibly have gone. For five days later, His body was discovered 4.5 miles away as the crow flies, which was more like a 14-mile hike, as he would have had to climb up mountains in order to get there. His body was found by two hikers at the bottom of a frozen waterfall. The search party had gone over that area multiple times before, but had never seen him until then. McGrogan was mangled in a strange position. His skull was crushed as if he had fallen from the sky. He was wearing the full ski outfit and helmet, but there were no boots on his feet and no gloves on his hands. The search and rescue team later found his discarded split snowboard, but they never found his boots. His cell phone and GPS were still working. He had packed a backup battery as well. They tested the area where he had been found and there was cell signal, yet he never called anyone for help. The police deemed it as an accidental death and closed the case.
Perkins. In 1952, a two-year-old boy named Keith Perkins went missing from his home in Ritter, Oregon in the middle of winter. He had been playing outside with his jacket on, but he was far from equipped to spend the night outside, alone. His family and a local search party looked for him immediately. They could follow his tiny footprints up to a point before they completely stopped. There were no other animal or adult tracks nearby. 19 hours later, they found Keith. He was about 15 miles away. He had taken his jacket off and was laying face down in the snow on a frozen pond. Keith was alive. When they asked him why he had run away and how he survived, he said he didn't remember. A survival expert named Les Stroud filmed a segment for Missing 411 documentary to demonstrate just how impossible it would have been for two-year-old Keith to walk so far on his own, especially at night. To this day, no one is exactly sure how Keith survived that night, and we may never know. Dennis Martin. It was Father's Day weekend of 1969. Six-year-old Dennis Martin was at Smoky Mountain National Park with his brother, father, and grandfather. They camped out for the night, and the next day a man approached asking Mr. Martin if his sons wanted to play with his kids, since they were about the same age. Dennis's father agreed. The children started a big game of hide-and-seek. Dennis's father kept his eyes on his son from a distance. Dennis hid behind a tree, and when the other kids jumped out to reveal themselves, Dennis didn't. His father got up and ran over to the spot where he had last seen his son, and he was gone. The Appalachian Trail was nearby so he ran full speed for two miles yelling and calling for Dennis, but he couldn't find his son. They called park rangers and spent all night looking for him. The search for Dennis Martin became massive. The FBI, Green Barretts, park rangers, and local volunteers searched for six weeks. The only thing they found belonging to Dennis was one shoe and one sock. They never found a body. Pilates conducted interviews and dug through files and with testimonies. The Key family had been camping in the park this, that same weekend, and they asked park rangers where they could go to see bears. They were told where to go, and when they arrived, they reported hearing a scream. A child pointed at the top of the hill, saying that he saw a bear. The father said it looked more like a scary-looking, wild, hairy mountain man dodging behind trees while carrying something over its shoulder. Bobby Bizup In 1958, 
a 10-year-old partially deaf boy named Bobby Bizup was attending a Catholic camp for boys called St. Malo that sits at the border of the Rocky Mountain National Park. A camp counselor found him fishing at the river and told him to come back for dinner. The boy started to follow him, and when the camp counselor glanced over his shoulder to double-check that he was following him, Bobby disappeared. 400 people searched for nine days, but they found no clues. One year later, counselors found his hearing aid and bits of torn clothing 2,000 feet up the side of the mountain. A search party had already been through that area three times the previous year. None of his other remains have ever been found.